welcome to the 67th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer, heavy spoilers ahead, turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. This week we're talking about the Jeepers Creepers franchise. There are three movies total in the series. And I am recording this with the windows open and the fan on because it is very, very hot here. So hopefully uh, that won't cause any audio issues. So the first movie up, Jeepers Creepers from 2001, written and directed by Victor Salva, executive produced by Francis Ford Coppola, starring Jason Long. You remember him from those Apple commercials way back in the day. He's been in Tusk, Drag Me to Hell, Dodgeball, Galaxy Quest, Pineapple Express, a bunch of stuff. Um, Gina Phillips, who was in Ally McBeal, Boston Public, Monk, CSI, ER, etc. Jonathan Breck, who plays the Creeper, and he also plays a cop in the first movie. Patricia Belcher, who plays Giselle. Eileen Brennan, who plays the Cat Lady, and she was in Private Benjamin, Clue, and a bunch of stuff. And this film is a joint American and German production. Next we have Jeepers Creepers 2 from 2003, so two years later. Again written and directed by Victor Salva. Again executive produced by Francis Ford Coppola. There's a cameo in this movie by Justin Long in a dream sequence. And again, Jonathan Breck is back as the Creeper. And Ray Wise... Uh, also stars as Jack Taggart Sr. In the third movie, Jeepers Creepers 3 from 2017, so 14 years later, again written and directed by Victor Salva, cameo by Gina Phillips. In the final scene, Jonathan Breck is back for the third time as the Creeper, also starring Meg Foster, who plays Galen Brandon, the mother of the deceased Kenny Brandon from the first movie. We'll talk about that more in a second, but she's been in tons of stuff, including Stepfather 2, which we talked about here, um, Lords of Salem and 31. We talked about both of those when we did Rob Zombie movies. Also starring Stan Shaw, who plays Sheriff Dan, I think it's Tash Tago. He has also been in tons of stuff, Fried Green Tomatoes, Roots, The Next Generation, and tons of TV. And then the kids are played by Gabrielle Hoff, who plays the granddaughter of um, Galen. She plays Addison Brandon. And then Chester Rushing is played, plays Buddy Hooks, um, who is her potential love interest. And then there's also Brandon Smith, who plays Sergeant Tubbs. And he returned from the second movie. Where to find these movies? The first two are on HBO, and you can also find one and two for $4 each on Amazon, Google Play, Vudu, and YouTube. Uh, the third movie is currently listed for $0.99 cents each on all of those sites, Amazon, Google Play, and YouTube. And the movies are not on Shutter, Tubi, Netflix, or Hulu. Rotten Tomatoes scores. Jeepers Creepers, the first one, critics gave it a 46%. Audiences gave it a 48%. The second one, critics gave it a 24%. Audiences gave it a 37%. And the third one, critics gave it a 17%. Audiences gave it a 32%. Now on to the plot. 
for the first movie, IMDb says, a brother, Derry, and that's short for Darius, and his sister Trish are driving home through isolated countryside for spring break when they encounter a flesh-eating creature which is in the midst of its ritualistic eating spree. The intro to this movie is very good, I think, and gets you right into the action. I think it's one of the best intros I've seen. Um, and the creeper seems to be... Well, we don't know a lot about him at this point, but we eventually learn he's an ancient creature that awakens every 23rd spring and for 23 days feasts on the body parts of people that he wants, that he needs for his own body. So if somebody has, say, you know, a foot, and he needs a foot, and he sniffs them and he likes their foot, then they, he takes their foot and then eats it, and then it becomes his foot. Um... It's pretty funny the way the creeper scares people and then, like, sniffs of them. I thought that was pretty entertaining. Um, after the kids are almost run off the road by an old truck that has a license plate that is B-E-A-T-I-N-G-U, and I thought it was beating you, but it's actually B-E-A-T-I-N-G-U, you. so they see a mysterious uh, person shoving what looks like bodies down a pipe next to an old abandoned church. And against their better judgment, they stop to investigate. Derry ends up falling down the pipe into, I guess, what's the basement of the church. And there he sees a bunch of dead bodies stuck to the wall and ceilings. Um, and it's pretty creepy down there. He finally gets out, and then they go to, they first go to a diner, and then they go to the police station, but the police aren't much help. Um, and then the creeper gets in the police station and ends up eating a bunch of people. And then they go to the house of an old woman with a bunch of cats. And unfortunately the creeper dispatches with her quickly as well. It turns out that the creeper can fly, so he could actually swoop down at any time and grab anybody. So that makes him even more dangerous. We think that the creeper might be after Trish. Um, we're not sure, but it turns out that he's actually after Derry, and in fact he may have stolen his underwear, which is pretty funny. Trish tries to convince the creature to take her instead when she figures out that it's Derry, but he flies away with Derry, and, um, I don't think I mentioned Giselle in here. Giselle is a woman that calls them when they are at the diner, and she says she's had a vision of what's going to happen and have they seen the cats yet. And then Giselle comes to the police station, uh, but she doesn't tell them which, per which one of the two of them that the creeper wants. I'm not sure if she knows or not or if she's just trying to spare them. But uh, So Giselle kind of gives a bit of a backstory on what's going on. And then in the closing credits of the movies, we hear the Jeeper Creeper song again, as we've heard before. And the camera slowly pans to just the skin of Derry. And when the song gets to the verse, where did you get those eyes? The creeper peeks through. And we had seen the creeper's eyes previously. And now these are not his eyes. These are Derry's eyes. So that's the end of the movie. Poor Derry is a goner. So what I want to do now before we continue is play uh, one of the Jeepers Creepers songs. There's a number of different versions um, of this song. It originally was from a movie called Going Places that was released in 1938. 
The song was by Ethel Waters, music by Harry Warner, and lyrics by Johnny Mercer. This gave Johnny Mercer his first Academy Award nomination. He didn't win on this one, but he went on to win a number of other Academy Awards. And then Ethel Waters was the first African-American woman to win an Emmy and the first to have her own TV show, Beulah. And she also received an Academy Award nomination. So I wanted to try to include the version that she sang here, but I couldn't find it as a downloadable uh, MP3. Um, but she looks like she's the first one to sing it. And then uh, people that have done other versions include Frank Sinatra, Louis Armstrong, that was an instrumental, Paula Kelly, etc. It was featured on The Family Guy, and Carol Channing even sang it on The Muppet Show. And I believe the uh, version in the movie is by Paul Whiteman. The one that I'm going to play here is by Jack Teagarden and the four modern heirs. So here it is, Jeepers Creepers. I don't care what the weatherman says when the weatherman says it's raining. You'll never hear me complaining. I'm certain the sun will shine. I don't care how the weather vane points when the weather vane points to gloomy. It's gotta be sunny to me when your eyes look into mine. Jeepers Creepers. Where'd you get those creepers? Jeepers, creepers. Where'd you get those eyes? Gosh, y'all get up. How'd they get so lit up? Gosh, y'all get up. How'd they get that size? Golly gee. When you turn those heaters on. Oh, is me. Got to put my cheaters on. Jeepers, creepers. Where'd you get those Oh, those weepers. How they hypnotize. Yeah. Where'd you get those eyes? Put my cheetahs on. Weepers, creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Oh, those weepers. How they hypnotize. Knock me out. Where'd you get those eyes? Where'd you get them? Won't you put me wide? Don't you die, man. Pay to advertise. Tell them drop me. Where did you get those eyes? Those cheapers, creepers. What that song has to do with the demon, I have no idea. Maybe he really, really likes the song. So next up, Jeepers Creepers 2. IMDB says, said a few days after the original, a championship basketball team's bus is attacked by the creeper, the winged flesh-eating terror, on the last day of his 23rd day feeding frenzy. So it turns out this movie takes place four days after the previous film. Um, 
and it couldn't go really any farther in time than that because then it would have to be 23 years later. So this is set in the same time period. Of course, these people don't know what happened in the first movie, uh, but this movie has another great intro scene. In it, there's a small boy named Billy, and he is... Uh, putting up scarecrows in a cornfield when he sees one of the scarecrows that looks very strange and of course it is it turns out to be the creeper who's hanging there instead of the scarecrow so that guy's really a jokester and he uh, chases Billy and grabs him and then flies off and his Billy's father and brother see him but they can't get him back so they vow to avenge him and that's the end of poor Billy. So elsewhere, a bus full of high school students, which are basketball players and cheerleaders, get a flat tire, not once but twice, on a uh, lonely country road, thanks to a mysterious dagger. Um, it's like a throwing star. I think they're called Shuriken, S-H-U-R-I-K-E-N. Anyway, the creeper uses that to deflate their tires. And then you can guess what happens next. The kitties and their adult chaperones are picked off one by one. Eventually the Taggarts, that's uh, the father senior and the son junior, show up and they have a truck that they have mounted a big harpoon on the back of. So they are trying to seek revenge for poor Billy. And at one point the creeper ends up missing a wing, an arm, and a foot. But does that stop him? Nope. Uh, he's trying to catch a guy who's crawling along the ground and you just see him behind him like hopping up in the bouncing up in the air and then falling back down the ground and then bouncing up in the air and falling back down on the ground. It's pretty funny because uh, the creeper is no quitter but he just can't uh, go too fast. So I thought that was a that was a fun addition to the movie. Um, in the end Taggart Sr. captures the creeper and starts stabbing him and continues to stab him over and over and over again but before he can die or maybe he, he can't die I don't know but um, the, the um, let's see the things that are on his head it's hard to explain his head has like webbed um, like little appendage things around his head that he can flail out which we'll talk about more in a second but those end up covering his whole face which means that he has gone into hibernation um, and you can't see his face anymore after that and next we see a sign that says bat out of hell five dollars and some local kids stop and they talk to Taggart Jr. and he tells them to go in the barn after he charges them five dollars and the creeper is stuck high up on the barn wall with the sign that says bad out of hell on top of it and the kid thinks it's a hoax but then it pans over to a much older and grayer Taggart and he says nope it's real and it's 23 years later give or take a day or two so he's just sitting there with his shotgun waiting for the creeper to come back to life that's the end of that movie um, there are some great kills in this movie one of them is when the creeper absorbs a guy's head. Like he pulls off his head, he absorbs his head because his head has gotten knocked off and then you see him 
his head traveling from his stomach up to actually replace where his head should have been and then turns it to the creeper head. So that's a pretty fun effect. Um, I like this movie. Uh, we got more. I thought it was fun, him picking off the high school kids in the school bus. And we got um, a lot more. We were able to see a lot more of the creeper, which I enjoyed. Next up, Jeepers Creepers 3. IMDB says Sheriff Dan uh, Tashtago and a group of creeper hunters enlist the help of local officer David Tubbs to help stop the monster's eating spree. So here's something interesting. This film takes place between Jeepers Creepers 1 and Jeepers Creepers 2. So it starts after Derry is taken from the police station and it ends when the bus leaves for the basketball tournament. Why they felt a need to fill in this time period, I don't know, other than they didn't want to jump 23 years into the future. Anyhow, um, the Creeper's truck plays a much bigger part in this movie. Um, it's not the same truck, and this truck has a lot of booby traps on it. It seems to be sentient, it kills people, and apparently it can drive itself away. So they originally get the truck, they see all the traps and all the bodies in it. They're trying to take it to the lot, but everybody knows the truck is never going to make it to the compound lot because the creature flies down, releases the truck, and off it goes. Uh, the creeper in this one continues to have fun. In this movie, he likes to wag his finger at people. He likes to sniff and lick people whenever possible. And then, as we already said, a group led by uh, the sheriff and including Meg Foster try to fight the creeper. Meg is the mother, I mentioned this earlier, of the deceased Kenny Brandon from the first movie. So if you remember when Derry and Trish were talking about two people from their high school who had died on that road and they never found their bodies, it was um, Kenny and Darla. Um, and it turns out when Derry fell into down that uh, pipe into the basement, he found the bodies of Kenny and Darla on the wall uh, and were wearing their high school outfit and their class ring, so he knew it was them. So she is trying to avenge her son's death. Um, and Meg has something of the creepers hidden in her farm. It's actually a creeper hand. And when she touches it, she supposedly sees visions of his origin. Unfortunately, she doesn't tell us what they are. And at some point, the sheriff does the same thing, but again, doesn't tell us. So I really would have liked to know what they saw. Uh, this time around, the creeper kidnaps a girl, which is Meg Foster's granddaughter. Um, and she ends up hiding in his truck. I don't know why he started kidnapping people all of a sudden. Previously, he would just grab them and kill them and eat them and take them back to his lair, wherever it was. So, um, I don't know why he just decided to start kidnapping people. Uh, many are... So, eventually this goes on. She manages to stay alive. Many or most of the creeper hunters are killed. The creeper goes off to do whatever at some point. It's just like that's very anticlimactic. He just goes off somewhere, um, I guess, because it's about time for him to uh, be done with his 23-day eating spree. Um, 
Anyway, at the end of the movie, we see again the couple, teenage couple, and he uh, is getting ready to leave. He's hitching a ride, I guess, on the school bus with the same basketball team that's going to be attacked or was attacked in Jeepers Creepers 2. But we never saw him on that school bus. So I guess we're just supposed to forget that. And then we also at the very end hear a woman narrating the story, and it turns out to be an older Trish. It is now 23 years later, and she's out to avenge her brother, and also she's worried that the creeper will take her, I guess now teenage, yeah, teenage son. Why they, we didn't have this film to start with, I don't know, but I would have preferred this film, I think, much over Jeepers Creepers 3. really didn't do much for me. Now, on to trivia. Jeepers Creepers 1 had a budget of $10 million in a box office of $59.2 million. Justin Long was nominated for Saturn Award for Best Performance by a Young Actor. And the movie was also nominated for Saturn Award for Best Horror Film. Victor Salvo wrote the main creature as main sorry main characters as brother and sister in order to eliminate any sexual tension and keep the focus on the creeper. The creeper has no dialogue. I don't know if he understands English or not. The cats in the cat lady scene all look through the screen window on cue because they smeared tuna uh, on the windows. The initial car chase scene is based on a real-life killer who murdered his wife. His name was Dennis Depue, D-E-P-U-E. He then harassed several people on the road and dumped her body near an old church. He was profiled on Unsolved Mysteries in 1987. Both Jeepers Creepers 1 and 2 were released during Labor Day weekend and were the highest-grossing Labor Day film openings at that time. The contacts the Creeper wore made him blind. And the kids were not allowed to meet the Creeper or Breck before filming. This was in order to make their first encounter more realistic and scary. Uh, Jeepers Creepers, you may not know this, in the early 20th century was a euphemism for Jesus Christ. The same is true of Jiminy Cricket before Disney co-opted it. A post-credit scene shows the truck driving down the road honking. The original title to the movie was Here Comes the Boogeyman. And Victor Salva originally wrote the role of the creeper for Lance Hendrickson. I do think Brick did a really good job with the creeper. I really liked his physicality, his facial expressions, etc. Um... The movie was shot in northern Florida around Ocala. This was Justin Long's first horror film. Debbie Morgan and Tina Turner were both considered for the role of Giselle. That would have been interesting to have Tina Turner's Giselle. One million dollar of Salva's financing fell through, so he had to scrap the big finale of the movie, which included 20 pages of script that he had planned to do. It was a battle between Derry and the Creeper, and Derry at one point gets behind the wheel of the Creeper's truck and runs it into a train in order to try to stop him. But we never got to see that. Uh, Gina Phillips in this movie is supposed to be playing uh, someone who's home from college, but she was actually 30 years old. 
and this was Justin Long's first leading role. He was 22 years old at the time. The Creeper's Growl is Beck growling, which is then overlaid with an inhaling sound and the sound of a hyena. The scenes on the road were very difficult to record because iguanas were always running around the field. I mean, always running across the road. <laughs> the old church scene in the movie became a tourist attraction after the uh, filming was done. And it was an authentic uh, old abandoned church. And tourists came to visit it until it mysteriously burned down. And I know where to put this, but I would like to know more about the Creeper's backstory. They say there's a deleted scene from Jeepers Creepers 2, where it shows some Roman soldiers with his likeness on their shields, supposedly suggesting that he was responsible for the downfall of the Roman Empire. Some people have suggested that he's a phoenix demon, which I guess in demonology means he's a head demon. A uh, fallen angel who commands several legions of demons. I don't know much about that. And then the comic books say that he was worshipped by the Aztecs at one point and that the Creeper was responsible for the disappearance of the Roanoke Colony. Remember uh, the Roanoke Colony in North Carolina in the 1500s. At the end of the movie, it's actually Justin Long playing the Creeper. So when he looks through Derry's eyes eye holes where his eyes used to be that the eyes line up. So that was really Justin Long there in the end. And the body count on the first movie is seven. So I'd like to stop right now and play um, what's listed as the main theme for the first movie. Um, I guess the main theme is not Jeepers Creepers song. Anyway, the music is by again by Victor Salva and also by Bennett Salve, S-A-L-V-E-Y, and he has done tons of uh, scores for movies. So here is the Jeepers Creepers theme. On to Jeepers Creepers 2, it had a box office of $63 million and a budget of $17 million, so that's a pretty good haul. Gina Phillips turned down a role uh, in Jeepers Creepers 2, but Justin Long made a cameo. Originally, the plot called for Trish and Giselle to hunt down the Creeper, 
and the school bus was just a B plot, but Salva went with the bus plot as the main theme instead. This was filmed on a private road in Tejon, T-E-J-O-N Ranch, California, and some of the interior bus scenes were filmed in an airplane hangar. Minxie in Jeepers Creepers 2 serves the same purpose as Giselle in 1, in that they're both psychic. Has Minxie always had psychic abilities, or did they just start? Uh, anyway, the vision sequence allows her to see what happened to Billy in the cornfield, and also for Derry to warn her. Meatloaf was originally considered to play the role of the bus driver. That would have been fun. Like a Bat Out of Hell was an alternate title at one point. According to Ray Weiss, he replaced Randy Quaid as Jack Taggart. This film is included on Roger Ebert's Most Hated List. And the kids on the bus hear a radio report about all the bodies found in an old church from the first film. It says some of the bodies are at least 200 years old and no complete bodies have been found, indicating they all have missing body parts. And we know why, but they don't know why. And the body count in Jeepers Creepers 2 is 11. Jeepers Creepers 3... The budget is $6.2 million, box office of $3.6 to $4 million. This is because it was released as a one-night feature, which later became a two-night feature event. More on that a little bit later. The movie was originally titled Jeepers Creepers Cathedral. At one point, Adrian Barbeau was supposed to play Galen Brandon, and Meg Foster took her place when she declined. In this movie, crows are a harbinger of the creeper. So if you see a bunch of crows, the creeper is around. As in the first film, the creeper whistles Jeepers Creepers after killing someone. The soundtracks of the first and second films were reused. Chester and Gabrielle, who played the teenage couple, um, did not get along during the filming. That's obviously a problem since they were supposed to like each other. I just didn't see, I didn't like either one of their characters. I didn't see any chemistry between them at all. Um, yeah, none, zero. The Creeper's battle axe is back, as are his throwing stars. He also has some gadgets um, on his truck, as we mentioned, and he has a harpoon. The original film was supposed to take place in Poho County, Florida. This film is supposed to take place north of that. And the kill count here is 16. So, why should you watch these movies? Um, well, I would definitely say watch the first and the second movie. Forget the third movie. Um, but the great thing about these movies is the Creeper, who is really a great character. I like him a lot. He's got cool wings. He's got talon feet. He's originally wearing a duster trench coat and a Stetson hat. Uh, at some point in the last movie, he ends up with a red sweater on for some reason. But um, he's very cool. He has a sprig of gray hair on the back of his bald head. His skin is gray, and that makes the whites of his eyes stand out even more. So he seems much more expressive. Um, I like the way the uh, his like webbed, flared head hood for lack of a better description that we talked about earlier. Uh, it's very similar to like what lizards have or maybe some other animals when they try to 
expand themselves to make themselves look as big as possible if they are feeling threatened. So that was a cool effect when you didn't know that was coming for him to just uh, flare those out like that. So, on to the bad part, controversy. There was a child molestation plotline in Jeepers Creepers 3 that was later removed before the theatrical release, so I didn't see that, and I'm glad I didn't. And also, Salva had a 1988 conviction and incarceration for sexual abuse of a 12-year-old and possession of child pornography. The 12-year-old was a child actor working on Salva's film, Clown House, and he was sentenced to three years in prison, but only served 15 months. Um, you, it's very hard to find that film Clown House, I think, these days because of this situation. So I'm not sure what to think of this. I watched the first two movies back in the day before I knew any of this was true. Um, that's the reason the third movie was a limited two-day release and not a regular theatrical release. If a fourth movie was made and Salva was not involved and didn't make any money for it, would you watch it? I mean, it's impossible to completely get rid of his influence in the movie because he created the franchise. But the, I would hate to see the um, Jeepers Creepers end here because of this, but I understand if it does. I, I would like at some point as I said, to hear about the Creeper's origins, but also um, when his eating cycle started and why don't all the town people who have lived in that town, many of them probably their entire life, why don't they know what's going on? It seems like in the diner from the first movie, they really don't have a clue what's happening. So some of them have been around for the for previous eating cycle. Um, at one point, Gina Phillips, Trish, several years ago said that Salva had written a fourth movie and as of last month IMDB said there was a possible reboot currently in development and there was also talk of turning the movie into a TV series instead. So that's, uh, that's kind of what happened behind the scenes with that franchise. On to recipe of the week uh, the action takes place in these movies in Florida, so I went with some recipes from, from Florida. Let's see what we've got. Um, there's a couple of websites I'll include in the show notes. Uh, one of them from onlyinourstate.com has a couple of really cool fun recipes from Florida. One is a classic Cuban midnight sandwich. Apparently there are several different variations of the Cuban sandwich. So there's that one. I won't go into all the details on the recipes. I'll just mention them here. There's the real mojito. Not sure how that's different from a regular old mojito. Um, there is Rachel superheated Cajun boiled peanuts, which is kind of an unusual one. And you may not think of Cajuns in Florida, but um, we covered a little bit of the Cajun culture when we talked about the Hatchet franchise. But Cajuns over in the Panhandle of Florida, there is a, I don't know if it's a substantial, somewhat of a Cajun population there, as well as in the around the Gulf Coast of uh, Alabama and Mississippi, and of course, mostly in Louisiana. So that's where that comes from. Then there's sweet lime iced tea. Um, 
Every time I see something with sweet tea listed, it makes me mad because I am from the South and we don't call it sweet tea, we just call it tea. Um, so to me, it just seems very strange. I mean, I know, yes, it has sugar in it, and when other people think of tea, it doesn't have sugar in it, but to me, it's just tea. Um, there's also Florida Key Lime Pie, which is probably one of the things it's most popular for. Uh, Vicky's Hush Puppies, which look really, really good. If you haven't had a Hush Puppy, you need to have one because they're great. Uh, Miami Beach Cake. Panhandle Grits, which is interesting. If you ever, haven't ever had grits, uh, these grits are really souped up because they have sausage diced ham bacon onion bell pepper tomatoes garlic sauce worcestershire sauce um, and a little dab of hot pepper tabasco sauce and cheddar cheese so those are not your typical grits uh, also have smoked fish dip gator smoothies Alligator fingers. Uh, I don't know how you feel about eating alligator. This calls for two pounds of alligator meat cut into bite-sized pieces. These are not obviously not really alligator fingers. Um, and lastly, kumquat ice cream. So kumquat, if you don't know, is a uh, think originally an Asian fruit that uh, the climate in Florida is very good for growing. It's a small, they're orange colored, but they're small like olive size fruits. And you can also eat the peel on them. So that looks really good, kumquat ice cream. So I will include that and the other notes. Let me just check that real quick, see if there's anything else I wanna mention. From the other site was tasteofhome.com. see. Oh, that's got a bunch of stuff that I don't think it'll even load the whole page. So I'll just include that link. That has a couple of chicken recipes and some other things on there. So that's it for the recipes from Florida. I would definitely suggest check out the key lime pie, uh, the grits I would be interested in and um, the kumquat ice cream. So, where to find us? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We need all the help we can get. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check out our website at foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. Until next week, stay safe. Remember to social distance and wear your mask. The good news is we don't have to worry about the creeper sneaking up on us since he only shows up once every 23 years. And if the first movie takes place in 2001, I think it is. I'm not sure that they have a, a time on it, but that's when it came out. So if it does come out in 2001, uh, we're safe until 2024. Thank goodness, because we have enough problems to deal with right now. I am still awaiting the arrival of the murder hornets. So stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.